Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Introducing Norm Self-Checkout for All. Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card not present fees? Norm is here to solve it all. Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones. Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my homie, Tony. What's up, brother? What's going on, bro? Nothing, man. I'm excited about today. Uh, we, uh, listen, I, I, th- this guy inspires me uh, uh, more than, more than he, certainly more than he knows. Um, and and I'm, I just feel really honored to, uh, to be able to talk to him today. Dude, I am so impressed by this guy, this young guy who uh, knows what he wants, where he wants to go, and someone who... Who's been in the industry for a short period of time, but it seems like they mastered the craft, dude. His, I mean, his work is pretty flawless when you when you just watch his videos. It, dude, it's, he's sick. He's like a young dude with an old soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you're right about that. Like, I, I, I the, and you see, because not only does he do, and by the way, he's doing like street cuts, right? He's doing like, like, like crazy fat like uh, uh street cuts you know um which are just like incredibly dope but not only that but he also puts up a lot of content just uh you know trying to he's on his own journey right and, and he's sharing that journey and in, in, in sharing his best or him being his best or his you know it's really cool because I, I don't like to use the word for him i don't like to use the word like inspirational motivational I, it's more like just being real you know being but it's motivational he's speaking no no, no definitely yeah, he's putting positive vibes in people's lives, man. Positive vibes in people's lives. That's yep. a shirt, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like that, man. That's, that's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but he's so young. I, I don't. That's what trips me out, right? You know, and so, that's what I'm saying. He has like an old soul, man. He, yeah. Like he just what he, how he speaks, what he speaks of. It's just, it, but it's 
to me, I, I find a lot of it, it's just the truth, man. It, what he's trying to, to put out there. And, and, and if we all put out what he's trying to put out, dude, it would be a great world. If you're living it, it is a great world, right? Yep. Like, like an old, 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 old school philosopher, like Seneca from the first century or something. Right. You know, just, just, just dropping, just dropping, <laughs> just dropping the knowledge. You know, yeah. uh, I love it. Listen, I, I'm such a big, I'm such a big fan uh, of our guest today. So, should we get in and kind of like, should we introduce like to our audience who's coming? Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny we play this coy thing and then we'll like advertise it for a week that he's coming on. Like, like it's, it's for us. It's really for us. <laughs> it's totally for us. I don't even know what that's all about, right? Hey, so I'm. Um, so today we're, uh, we're, we're having Vic Blends come on. Um, Vic Blends, again, is like this entrepreneur, barber, and like sick at everything that he does. I mean, and, and, and you know, like, like you said, I, I think he's like 20, 21 years old, just young, but, but old, old soul. Just like, you know, his motivational stuff or his inspirational stuff that he's sharing is just, is just, is just life knowledge, man. You know, and, and, and he's, he's not too young to know that. Sometimes, a lot of times life knowledge comes with a lot of mistakes. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, so I feel like I'm better suited now. But, 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 but you know, he, he, he's, what he's preaching, I if guess. he has, he's learned from it. just took us a while to learn from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, three, four times. That makes right. him a lot smarter than us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so should we get in? Let's bring him in, bro. So, Mr. Entrepreneur Barber, Vic Blends, welcome to your day off, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? I appreciate the intro, man. Y'all, yeah, that was a good one. Y'all got me with that one. I appreciate that. That a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, it's all true, man. It's like, you know, you came on my radar probably about six months ago and just and just following you and watching you. Like, I'll be honest with you, Vic, there's a little part of me that wants to hate you and I just can't, man. Like, like how did this dude at like 20 years old, like, figure it out? Man, being a sponge and, and just having two ears and, and one mouth, man. You know, uh, one of my guys told me that, you know, we got two ears for a reason, man. You got to listen more and talk less. So, you know, I, I've figured that out pretty young and you know, I've been able to get a lot of knowledge just from listening to guys that have experience and, and, and wisdom on me. So, you know, that's, I ain't going to say I got to figure it out, but, you know, I'm a good, I'm, I'm a good listener, man. So anywhere that I'm around that I could get some knowledge from, that I could get a gem from, that I could get some wisdom from, like I'm all ears. You know, there's one thing on earth you can't argue is experience. And there's one thing I don't have. So if it's somebody older than me that got something to say, you know, I'm going to listen to it. And I feel like a lot of other people my age might turn that off because of the way certain people look or, you know, they're not in my age. They don't get me or they don't understand what I'm going through. And I, I'll never uh, argue somebody's experience on this earth. So, so I ain't going to say I got to figure it out, but I'm learning every day, man. So, you know, I'm excited just to, again, talk to you guys, see what y'all got going on. So. Oh, that's awesome, brother. So where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, my dad is military, so how we got there. Uh, he just he just retired this year for 27 years. And uh, we got there when I was about in sixth grade. So I spent 10 years in Fayetteville uh, before coming to Atlanta. And so that's really where, you know, I, I learned how to become a man. You know, it's not where I was born. I was born in Germany because of my dad being a military. Lived in Germany for a little bit. Came to Texas, then back to Germany, then, you know, back into Fayetteville. So Fayetteville has been the spot against us for the last 10 years. Uh, but Fayetteville is a, is a very small town. It's mainly known for the for the Army base. They got Fort Bragg. And there's just not much opportunity outside of that. Either you're going to join the military or you're going to make it out through college. You know, that was neither of my decisions. But, you know, I found a way through doing what I love to do. And Fayetteville kind of just teaches you how to make something out of nothing. Well, please thank your dad for his for his service for us, please. I would. I appreciate that. Yeah, we we thank him very much. And my boy Corey here was in the military. He was in the Navy. Uh, and uh, so our hats definitely go off to the men and women that uh, 
protect us and serve us you know, our country. So, you know, thank him for us. So, so, well, how'd you get from Fayetteville to Atlanta? Do you just pick up and go? Literally. Yeah. yeah. I picked up one. So I've been to Atlanta one time before that. And it was for one day, it was for the Bronner Brothers hair show. I forgot exactly what year it was, but I, I've never been to Atlanta. That Bronner Brothers show, um, I kind of went last minute. I drove, I ended up driving overnight because I decided like literally the night before that I was going to go. So I calculated the time. It was a six-hour drive. I left at maybe like 11 o'clock at night and got there around like 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. I slept in a parking deck in my car. I was like too young to get a hotel. You know, I was right. like 17, 18. So I can't like buy a hotel till you're like 21. So I just had to sleep in my car. And it was a barber shop that I grew up in. They were there actually. So they were going to the shop. And uh, they were the ones like, yo, you should just pull up. So I went last minute, uh, made it to the show. And, uh, you know, it's Brown Brothers show. You go to the show for like one, two days. But, you know, I drove right back to Fayetteville after that. And uh, that was not like the reason why I went to Atlanta. But that was the only time I've been to Atlanta other than the day I moved in. So I never really got to see the city. I only went for that convention and left. So, shoot, man, the day I decided to come to Atlanta, I just moved up on my on my one day off. I came to find an apartment first. And I had no idea where I was going to go. I just knew I had a budget under $1,000 for my apartment. I was like, man, whatever apartment I could get for less than 1000 And if you guys ever live in a city, like, you know, under $1,000, you're going to be living pretty rough. It's going to be pretty, pretty rough living. So I didn't know at the time. I'm just trying to save as much money as I can. I'm, just, I'm like super, super frugal with my coins. So I drove up and I was just looking up on Google, like apartments less than $1,000 in, in Atlanta. And the first one that I saw, like on the side of the road, I, I pulled over. I said, yo, do you guys got any apartments available? They said they got like a one bedroom. Uh, it was the terrace floor. Terrace is like under the first the first floor. I had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> so I was like, oh, terrace? Okay, cool. I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't get a tour of it. She just said it's available on this day, the day I wanted to move in, because I knew I wanted to come out a month later. And I was like, all right, bet. And I just signed for it. I didn't tour it. I didn't find out what I got till I, till I, till I moved in. So, I mean, it ended up being, like, a really, really bad, uh, really, really bad apartment. It was, like, man, in Section 8 housing, it was, like, roach-infested. I had, like, a, a leak in the ceiling. You know, like, it was just, it was crazy. It was a really, really bad spot that I was in. But, so I went there for two months, and, you know, my first spot in Atlanta. Kept working and, you know, eventually got a better spot. And so now, and now I'm here, like, almost two years later. How did you um, jump forth so much? Because we don't even know how he got into the industry. No, no, no. We'll get there, oh, man. We'll get We'll get there. What um <laughs> did you have a job going in there? So yeah, yeah. So so my boy Hawk. Uh you guys know Hawk Hawk. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hawk. I know Hawk. I've met him a couple times at a, at a few shows. He's yeah, so Hawk gave me my uh, an opportunity to cut in his barbershop. And that was like where I was gonna go and work at. So I knew I had a place to work at. And you know, if I got that, I think the rest of it'll will 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 follow after. You know, I didn't really have to have everything figured out, but I knew I had to be somewhere that's gonna make me money. Right. So, you know, I had an opportunity to work in the shop. You know, anything else that I had to figure out, I would have figured out while I got there. So, you know, I went up there, got right into the shop and just got straight to work. Yeah. He, yeah I, I love Hawk, man. Like, like super, like solid dude, legit, legit guy, man. We, uh, we've been trying to get him back on the podcast as well. Um, or not back on the podcast. We've been trying to get him on the podcast. All right. Now, uh, now t you got Tony's, uh, uh, feathers in a ruffle. Or I got Tony's feathers in a ruffle. How'd you find Boy. the industry? Yeah, so I was coming into my senior year of high school, and I was working in a restaurant for a long time. Uh, I started working in the restaurant when I was 15, washing dishes in the back, and I started making food and became a server. So it was like my first job. 
And I was always hustling a lot, like just working and fight, figuring a way to make money. I was mowing lawns. I was flipping Jordans. I was doing anything I could to make money. And coming into that senior year, now you got to decide what you're going to do with your life. You know, like you're always pressured, like go to right to college, go to college, go to college. And I was trying to. I applied to like eight, seven colleges and I got denied to all of them. So the only college I got accepted to was one that was right up the road. And it was like in the middle of nowhere. You know, like Fayetteville is, is, is kind of like a small country town. So if you go outside of Fayetteville, it gets really, really country. So <laughs> I was supposed to go to UNCP, which was uh, University of Carolina at Pembroke, which was like way out in the country out there in Lumberton. So it was very, very small. And like, I mean, it was just like, I felt like I was settling. So that was the only college that accepted me. And I really knew that, you know, I didn't want to settle for what I could just get at that time. I was like, man, I don't want to just be like, not, not, not talking down the college, but I just didn't want to be like any other kid. Like I, I knew I had to do something big. So I started cutting hair to learn how to cut in the college dorms. That was my goal. I said, I mean, I'm going to learn how to cut hair. You know, it was actually my barber that told me that if I learn that I can make money forever. So when I heard that, you know, it was like a, the hustle in me. I was like, man, I can make money for the rest of my life. He was like, yep. He's like, hair is never going to go anywhere. So I, I thought he was going to tell me like a, a different side hustle to do in college. I thought he was going to tell me to cook in the dorms or, you know, do somebody's homework or, I don't know, like do, do something in college for some money, but he's like, yo, learn how to cut hair. So when I started learning how to cut, I remember it was the day before the first day of school, senior year. And that was the first day that I made more money than I made at the restaurants in one day. So I remember I made exactly $274, which took me two weeks to make in the restaurants. <laughs> You're like working for a minimum wage. So the day I made my whole check in one day, which still isn't like, it isn't crazy, but like from being 17, like going into my, my senior year of high school, like I was like, oh damn, I made a lot of money in one day. I was like, man, I might be able to make more money than I think. And I was charging like $10 at the time. So I, so I started learning that. seven cuts in one day? Yeah. You know, well, it was day? like, it was, it was probably like 20-ish, you know, people probably gave me a couple of tips, but yeah, I was getting booked up on my mom's garage. So like, it, I remember I, I still got videos on my phone. It was, I was booking out my mom's garage for sure. So I, one thing is I always kept clientele. So once I started, like I always brought good energy and, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, I think barbers think you need a million clients. Like you don't, you just need to know how to retain your clients. As long as you're a solid dude, you show up all the time, you're consistent, like your clients will stay with you. So my clients always stood with me. Even the guys I had coming in the garage, they followed me from my mom's garage to my brother's garage till I got my first license and, and went to the shop. Like they followed because, you know, I always kept good energy anywhere I went. And people love that more than they love the haircut sometimes. And your parents were cool with you being a barber? Like, nah, absolutely. No, for sure. You know, my, my parents, it, it wasn't that it wasn't cool with me being a barber. They just didn't know the industry and know what was possible. So, you know, it, it was a mental battle that I had with my parents when, you know, I told them, hey, I want to go be a barber. You know, my dad is thinking that's the easy way out. He's thinking you don't want to go to college. You want to go get a, a, a trade, something that's quick, and you just want to get to the money, which wasn't what I wanted to do at all. But, you know, the way my dad was raised, he just didn't know much about that industry. You know, we kind of have a generational gap. We got a lot of access to social media. A lot of different crafts are, are blowing up over the past couple of years. So it's kind of a different lifestyle now that we live, in, you know, with my generation. So I couldn't be – at first I was mad, but when I look back at it, I can't be mad because my, my dad is just trying to raise us how they were raised. And when they were raised, you know, you got to go get a college degree. You got to go get a good job. You got to get something that secures you're going to be able to take care of your family. 
And that's all he ever wanted me to do was make sure I would be able to take care of my family. So he was always worried that I wasn't going to make enough. You know, there was going to be no discipline to, you know, getting your, your health care, getting your insurances, you know, making sure you're, you're healthy and, and, and all those things that you might get with a, with a conventional job that, that does it for you. So my dad, you know, they were just really worried at not knowing what was going to happen to me, which I understand because I think, you know, the role of a parent is going to be like, yo, I'm going to make sure that I raise my kid and I'm going to leave him with something that's going to guarantee he could take care of his family, which they thought was going to be the degree. So they just wanted to make sure they did a good job as a parent. And I can't be mad at them for that. So that's really one of the big things I always want to tell, like, you know, the other people my age and, and this generation is like, don't be mad at your parents. Like, they, they want you to be happy. They want you to chase your dream. But nobody wants to just let their kid take the risk when they work, they, they, they butt off their whole life to try to put them in a position to, to get something like a college degree or, or go get an education. So, you know, I took that risk on myself and shoot, I, I took all the responsibility I had to. So, so this is, this conversation was going on while you're still in high school. So what, what, what was the uh, deciding factor that you said, you know what, Hey dad, mom, I'm going to go for, go for this. I'm going to, I'm going to be a barber. And uh, how did that, how did that go? For me, it was spiritual confirmation. So when God gave me the sign that I had to be a barber, that's when I knew it was above anything I could say or anything my parents could say. So at that point, I felt like, like in my life, I feel like it would affect me for the rest of my life if I did not make this decision now to follow something I was passionate about. So that was like the deciding factor. Um, and I remember the day, you know, I had set up a meeting with, with my family. I tried to tell my, I got my whole family to sit down in the living room and I was going to tell them like, I'm going to go to barber school. And I thought it was going to go one way. But when I had this meeting, my dad kind of took offense to the meeting. Like, you know, I didn't like, I, like I was trying to tell him that he didn't know what he was doing as a, as a parent, but he was, you know, it was just kind of a mis, mis, misunderstanding with my dad. And I was trying to start to tell my family that like, Hey, I thought about this. It's going to be good for me. So the meeting went left. My dad yelled at me in front of the family. It, it wasn't nice. So the next day I'm hurt. I go to school with my best friend, Justin. And I'm like, I'm still, I'm so emotional. The next day it hurt me that bad. And I'm like, yo, Justin, I need you to, like, come with me for lunch. So, you know, in high school, you can get in your car, like, run off campus, go grab a bite to eat. You're not supposed to, but everybody does it. So I sneak off campus with my boy because I, like, want, needed somebody to vent to. I'm, like, crying in the car. And I'm an emotional guy. Like, I ain't got no, I ain't got no problem saying that. I'm very passionate about everything I do. So, like, it hurt me because I, I really felt like this is what I had to do. So I'm telling my, my, my best friend, Justin, that, you know, like, my parents, they don't, they don't, I don't know why they don't understand. And I remember we were at a T intersection, right? So it's like, this is the road and that we're coming forward, but this road is at an angle. So it's like a hill. So we got to turn up the hill. And I'm telling my best friend, word for word, I said, yo, I feel like if I don't become a barber, like, I, I, I feel like God is like, I feel like God is going to open a lot of doors if I do it. But if I don't, like, I'm not going to live the life that, that I dream of. And like, I'm literally telling him word for word that like God is telling me that this will open a lot of doors for me if I chase it. So my light turned green in the middle of me saying that. And one of those like big Mack trucks, like the Optimus Prime joints, like they blow a red light and they coming towards us. It's like, I can see the dude's face. And it, it, you know, I don't want to like, feel like I'm exaggerating because like, it sounds so like crazy. And I know when I tell the story, it sounds like insane to anybody that like, you know, might not understand like what that spiritual level feels like, but it was literally the most near life death thing I ever, I ever felt in that moment. And I thought like that was going to be it. You know, this Mack truck's coming to me blowing the red light. And like, I almost didn't step on the gas because of how close I felt like the truck was, but I ended up stepping on the gas and, you know, I was removed from the situation. 
And at first, I'm like, man, it's a close call. My boy, like, crazy. We finna go get some cookout. But now I started thinking more on, like, what I was speaking about in that situation and how close it was to understanding that, like, you know, life is short. Like, you got to go for what you believe in and go for what you love. So when that happened to me, I, I just told my parents, like, I ain't got a choice. And, you know, when I told my dad that, like, this is what I'm going to do, I remember he looked at me. He said, look, Vic, as long as you make a plan, stick to it. That's all I want to see you do is make a plan. So, like, I'm going through this battle with my dad thinking that he doesn't understand. He's against me. It's like the world against Vic at this moment. All my dad wanted to hear me say was that I have a plan and I thought about what I'm going to do and I'm going to stand on it as a man. That's all he wanted. So when I told him that, I was like, all right, well, this is my plan. I'm going to go to barber school. And I was trying to, I was trying to play with, I was trying to tell him like, yo, I'm going to go to college after, I'm going to go to college after. But I was like, in my head, thinking back, you know, hindsight that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. So I'm like, all right, I'll go to barber school, you know, I'll go to college after, but I need to get this license. And I, and I do understand what you're saying. Cause I rolled a car one time and literally as we're flipping Think everything slowed down so much where I can look over and see the buddy in the car and, and it, it just looks like we're looking at it. It's just like, you know, I, I remember reaching over, pulling him down. It just, it seems like even though it went by so fast, it just was so slow motion and thank God that, you know, neither one of us got hurt, but, uh, but I, I do understand how things just slow down and it, you know, you're processing it so quickly. It's just like, man, that's crazy. So how, so, we're going to, we'll get to where uh, your relationship is with your dad now, and then we're going to get back into you. So now that your dad's seeing how much you've accomplished in such a short amount of time, how's that relationship or how's that conversation now? It, it gets different now because I'm getting older. So, you know, it's like overnight, my relationship with my dad changed and I don't even know what happened. Like I just got older. He sees that. So it's not like my dad calls me anymore and tells me what to do or, how to do it. He calls me. He's like, ah, oh, how you been? I'm like, how I been? I'm like, you're not going to tell me to go do anything. Like, so it's like overnight, like, I don't know what happened. Like my, my I, I'm sure you guys know too, you know, you guys are older. So you, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm getting older. My dad's, me and my dad's relationship is completely different now. It's like, we're friends and we're not even like, like we're father and son, but it's, it's totally different. So I'm at that point now where my dad just, he doesn't care what I'm doing. Like he has no, he really has no idea. Like he, he knows I'm doing well and you know getting money or whatever, but he, he, he doesn't care. Like all he reminds me of is to make sure that, you know, I, I, I scheduled an appointment for my girlfriend to go to the doctors. Uh, did I take care of my teeth? Did I go to the dentist? And is my house okay? Like, that's it. Like he doesn't care about anything else. Like all he, all he ever wanted me to do was take care of my family. Vic, so he reminds me that. Here's the awesome. deal, Vic, is that, is that Tony and I, we, we both have grown children, right? So what, what happens and what people don't realize is that the parents have to go through a process too, right? It's a letting go process. Like you're breaking up with a girlfriend. It's a, it's a, it's a letting go process like anything else in your life. And what you've done is like, and what your dad has done is that, is that he's been responsible for you this entire time, you know? And then there's no doubt that in the middle there, there's struggle. There's struggle to let that go because, you know, you've done everything in your power to make that, that boy into a man, you know what I mean? And you You've given everything into that. But but the thing that people never ever talk about is as a parent, that's also a process. And that process is, is letting go. And that and that and that and that's a tough one. And, and a lot of times there's resistance in there. There's no doubt about it. Like like uh even earlier on with my daughter, I coached I coached um 
I coached her in softball, and we were we were like homies, right? Like she was my best friend, and I was her best friend. But then, as like high school age happened, and now like, oh, dad, I'm I'm, I'm going to step away from this a little bit. I had to go through the process, and my wife had to grab me and be like, dude. You've got to let you've got to kind of like relax a little bit because you have a lifetime relationship with her and you're living only in the softball world. And and honestly, it was the single greatest advice I ever got uh, got from my wife because it made me a more aware parent, you know. But then but once again, now at 18 or whatever, 19 years old, you know, your your dad was processing through that too. And once he processed through, he was like, "You know what? I've done a good job because I, I stopped raising a boy and I've raised a man." Yeah, definitely. I make him proud now. I know I do, but it's like my dad's never going to tell me. Like, he's always, like, hard on me, man. So I think he said it a little bit before, but I know my dad, just, he's like, yo, you got to do more. You got to do, you got to get better. Like, that's it. You know, he's he's never going to, like, sit there and praise me for anything I've done. Like, he's like, well, what else can you do? You know, so I appreciate that about him. You know, it makes me better every day. Right. Even though you accomplished here, he sees you accomplishing something way up there and you just haven't got there yet. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. That's a good dad, man. Yeah. He saw my dad, a one man, best man I, I've ever met. That, that's, that, that's all right, man. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Much respect. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can tell too, because I mean, you know, like we were talking before, like, well, I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here, Vic. All right. So, uh, so this is actually our second scheduled um, podcast with Vic. Just, we had a, we had a scheduling conflict um, on the earlier one and, and it just didn't work out, but I'm going to tell you like, and I wasn't expecting this from you and, 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 and forgive me if I offend you, but, but like Vic reached out to us immediately and said, Guys, my bad. You know, um, really, really sorry for 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 the you know that this happened. And 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 for a twenty year old dude, I would never expect that that you would reach out. And and you you left that text message to us with way more respect than you entered it. If that makes sense, like like I have nothing but mad respect for you for, for reaching out and just saying that because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't 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 own their stuff. And try to make it better, and 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 I, I have nothing but respect for you, dude. I thought I thought it was really really cool. We were sitting here actually at this table, and I was like, "Oh look, Vic just texted. That, this is pretty cool." And I, 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 a man isn't challenged until he's challenged, right? We have all the words in the world in the world to say how I want to live my life and how I'm going to live my life, but that's never challenged until you mess up. You know, once you mess up, now 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 you can like double down on like, okay, well, I I, I this is how I'm gonna live my life, and 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 I thought that 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 DM that I got from you did exactly that, like like you lived up to everything that you've been preaching. You got to man, you got to you got to practice what you preach, man. I I can't be the dude out here saying how solid I am, and I stand somebody up on a podcast. They made time for for me, all for 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 helping me out and, and standing my brand, and for me not even tell them like, hey, I'm sorry for you know mixing up my schedule, like. That's like that. Come on, that's that's like to me. I feel like this is what you should. You know, that's what that's 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 what I feel like. It's print. I live by a lot of principles and morals. So, like, I feel like you know, time was one thing I never want to play with. You know, I appreciate, but I appreciate anybody's time. That's something we don't get back. So, if anybody give me time, like, I never try to take it for granted. I love it, man. Hey, so um, so how did you find your vibe like on like Instagram and TikTok? Because you have you have what like a million followers or a couple million followers on TikTok or something. Yeah, I got like 2.6, 2.6 mil. That's awesome. So like, how did you like, oh man, this is working. Like, how did you find that? How'd you find that? And then, and then do you have any, like, do you have anything that you can share with the audience about, share with our listeners about, you know, how you found your vibe? Yeah. I'm, see, the thing, like, the thing with me is 
I'm super, like, I'm super into the content creating, like, to, to the key with it, like, to a science about, like, how to create content, how to present yourself. It's not necessarily, excuse me, not necessarily just making videos, but, like, how to tell your story. And that was the best thing about what I've learned through, you know, all the books I've read, all the interviews I watched is, like, how do I become a good storyteller? Like, how do I reach, like, an audience that I want to reach and being the most authentic me that I can be? So, like, there was a couple different angles, even starting the beginning of my career. Of course, like, my platform started with being a barber. I learned how to put my haircuts out there. And that came from me watching other barbers doing social media before me and seeing how they present their work, how they make their videos, how they post their pictures, how they engage with their audience. And you never want to get stuck on social media as the consumer. You always want to get be there as a creator. So for you guys too, like watching other podcasts, you're either going to watch another podcast as a consumer and say, oh, this is a dope podcast. Or you're going to watch as a creator and you're going to look at the transitions. You're going to look at the soundboard they got. You're going to look at the equipment they got. You're going to watch the intro. You're going to time like all the key things they did to make that podcast what it was. You're going to watch all of that as a creator. So I've always had a creative mindset as I'm watching social media early on which is why I was able to jump onto making viral haircut videos and transformations and picking up why a video went viral and, and really figuring out like what grabbed the attention of people. Because that's all social media is, is you got to grab somebody's attention. So if you learn how to do that, you incorporate that to your content, you make it organic, authentic, and you can learn how to really be successful with it. So early on, I learned how to do that with hair. So I believe that my passion, of course, is being a barber, but I feel like my purpose is beyond that. And I never mix the two up. I know I got a passion for being a good barber. I love to cut, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with the gift, but God didn't give me the platform just to show off a good fade or show off a good lineup. To me, I, I don't really see a lot of true power into that. It's something that's cool to look at, but there's always going to be somebody better than me that's going to come up. There's going to be a Vic Blends that come up 15 years old next year, 16 years old, way younger than I came up. He's going to be way better. He's going to be hot, right? But I don't want to be somebody that, that was just hot the only people that are ever going to be known in history are the people that brought change. We look at the history books, everybody in that book changed something. They either changed the law, they changed the system, they changed the community, they changed a life of somebody, like they changed something. So if you want to be remembered, you got to bring change into your industry. So I don't want to just, yeah, I'm sure you guys see, I don't want to be another podcast, right? You want to be something that changed something for your industry. Like that's going to be remembered. People 20 years later should talk about the day off and how it helped them so much through their day off and their life and, and their whole aspect of their career. So like, I want to be somebody that changed something. So I started learning like that. I wanted to motivate and help people all the way back in like eighth grade. You know, I started running track and cross country. And if you ever like running track and cross country is real mental, like sport. So I ran track and then um, I boxed both are like super mental sports. There's no, there's really no teammates. You know, you got teammates in track, but like it's you versus you. Is you on that track, you're the only one running. You can't look towards nobody else. You can't pass the ball. There's no bench in cross country. You can't take a break. You boxing, there's, there's no help. You ain't got no teammates going to come in there and punch for you. Like, it's you versus you. So, yep. like, these sports are really, like, working on my brain more than anything. So, to fuel it, I would listen to motivational speakers like Eric Thomas. Like, Eric Thomas was, like, my my, my first, like, idol for, for, for life. Like, that was the first guy I looked up to that was, like, man, this guy, like, does something to me. So... I would listen to Eric Thomas starting in eighth grade to hype me up before my track races. And I would listen to him all through high school. I would literally listen to like Eric Thomas motivational speeches while I'm in the high school, like hallways, walking with my headphones. You know, most other kids listen to like Lil Uzi Vert. 
I'm listening to like how bad do you want it in my ears, like in the in the in the, in the, in the hallways. So I'm getting like hyped up all the time because I'm on it's race day. I'm locked in. I'm like crying in class. I'm so hype. I'm like pumped. Like it gives me that hype. So I learned or like I seen the power in his voice, and I realized that like man, this dude has he he could do this forever. Right, his voice is there. It don't matter how if his arms hurt or he tear a muscle in his leg, whatever. Like his voice is what powers him. So I saw that there was true power into that. And as I'm learning to cut hair and I'm building my platform, you know, I was very, very discouraged that the barbering industry or the hair industry, uh, when I first got into it, because of the amount of people that had quote unquote influence in a large following that didn't really know the power of what they could do with it. So when I went to my first Bronner Brothers show that I talked about earlier, I was going up to guys that I saw with large followings on social media and they weren't who they were. You know, they, they, were, they were not solid. They weren't as cool as you thought they were on, on Instagram. They didn't have that same vibe in person. And I'm like, damn, like, I, like, you don't even know. I just drove six hours overnight and slept in the parking deck to come say hi to you. But you couldn't even give me the time of the day to like hear my story. Like that hurt me. So I said, when I left there, I said, man, if God ever gave me the opportunity to have this platform, I'll never use it for the wrong reasons. And as you guys see now with my social media, it's never like selfish for me. You know, I don't oversell my course. I don't go on there and post like a million like selfies in the mirror, flexing about my money or whatever I'm doing. Like it's none of that, man. It's to empower and motivate people. So, you know, as I'm building my social media through through, through being a barber, I'm, I'm figuring out like, what am I really here for? So when I figured out like purpose in it, I started, started, started uh, combining the two. Do you think listening to those like motivational speeches um, by Eric throughout high school from eighth grade throughout high school helped you prepare or help prepared you to, to be able to motivate others in that way? Because the way, the things that you talk about and the things, especially when you pull people off the street and you just have a conversation or, or the way you, you talk to uh, your audience uh, about, about just the positive vibes. I mean, do you think that helped build who, who in your mind, in your mind, who you are and how to deliver and lift people up that way? Because dude, I mean, for a young dude, you do a, I mean, I'm twice your age, more than twice your age. And I'm affected by some of the things that you talk about. Yeah. I, I don't, I, it helped for sure because, you know, I was more motivated than I was like learning. I actually took Toastmasters for like over a year, uh, learning how to actually do public speak and, and present, you know, whatever I want to say. So I did a lot of like work on it behind the scenes of learning how to actually speak. And again, it's like, don't get caught as a consumer, get caught as a creator. So I'm watching Eric Thomas. I'm watching all these other gurus and motivational speakers. I'm watching how they say things. I'm watching where the pause is at, where they're raising the voice at and lowering it at. I'm looking at like the delivery, what the first saying when they start the speech. Like I'm looking as a creator, so I'm I'm studying and I'm being a student of the game, and I'm seeing like, you know, it's not necessarily what you say; it's how you say things, and that is something that I'm still learning as I'm doing my my content now, you know, because I have knowledge, but sometimes you don't want somebody to lose the message and what you're saying by how you say it, and that can come off wrong sometimes because of my age and I know like how I look and you know tattoos and all that stuff, so. Because of how I look, some people are already turned off by the message I want to say. So if I say it in the wrong way, I can hurt myself more than I can, like, really trying to get that message out. So it takes a lot of, like, trial and error and trying to figure out what's the right way for me to say something. That's amazing. I mean, 
you were talking about it, just him being so young and, you know, Vic, how young you were when you started listening to like Eric Thomas and stuff and Eric brings it, you know what I mean? Like Eric brings it and he brings it without excuse. And, 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 and not only does he bring it without excuse, but he goes, you have no excuse, right? He goes, I was at the lowest of the low, you know, and like, and like, and, and I've made it. So if you want to do this, you can do this. You know what I mean? So that's Eric, but, but kind of like, kind of like, uh, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15, 18, before you're 25, you know, your, your brain is liquid, you know, and it's designed to absorb as much as you can, you know? So instead of, instead of, instead of filling his brain with, 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 with negative influence or, or whatever, you know, he was right on, man. I mean, first off, it's amazing that you committed to doing that at 14. Cause I certainly wouldn't know. Cause I had other things on my, <laughs> at my mind at 14, but, um, but, but, you know, He's always been creative. That, that's been his scaffolding. That's been his foundation is the Eric Thomases of the world. And that's, that, I mean, I, it, it's worked, man. I mean, I, I, I think it's amazing. I, I think what you're up to is amazing. And, you know, even, even looking forward, like what the heck does, uh, what the heck is Vic going to be talking about in 10 more years? You know, <laughs> that's crazy. But like, you know, it, like even watching Eric though, like Eric says that he can say that because he's been through it. I haven't been through it. So me to tell like another person what they should be doing, I almost can't do that. And only like my, my favorite rapper is Jadakiss. So I got to really like also, I listen to a lot of like Jadakiss, like a lot of 90s stuff, a lot of New York rap. So like Jadakiss got a song. He says, I can only speak on the things that I've been through. So like that bar always stuck with me because he don't never speak about nothing that you never been through. You can't tell somebody what you ain't done. Like I only, you should only be listening to people that have experience and what they're talking about. So I can't tell another grown man to do what, he, what he's supposed to do with the kids. You know, I can't tell somebody what to do with their their mortgage on their house. I haven't bought a house yet. Like, I can't tell somebody what to do as a barbershop owner. I'm not a barbershop owner. I can only speak about the things that I've been through. And luckily, like with my career, what I've been, what I, what I have done, like I've experienced a lot. You know, a lot of it just really deals with, you know, about what I talk about is like, you know, relationships with your friends, with, with people, with getting doubted about your dreams. Like, that's something I have been through. But I'm never going to get on there and say like, yo, take care of your kids, do this, like, I ain't got no kids. Like that don't even sit right. So I understand that. Like I can't be an Eric Thomas. I got to figure out how I could bring that, how I bring it, like Eric Thomas brings it, but speaking about things that like Vic has actually went through. So, you know, I, I tried it before, like just speaking the, the the basic stuff, but you realize that, you know, people understand like what's real and what's not. And if I'm just speaking about some, some basic stuff that I just hear another person say, like, that's not going to have real impact. But things I speak about now are things that I actually go through every single day. And I literally wait till like, you know, experiences happen with me and I figure out a way I can present it to, uh, to, to make it onto content. But, you know, I only try to speak about things that I'm going through. He kind of reminds me of like a stand-up comedian, you know, like, like you go, Oh, that's funny. And then you write it down and then you kind of work on it. So Vic goes, Oh, well, that was an experience. Let me, uh, let me remember that. So we can kind of create content around that. Yeah. I got a bunch of notes on my phone. I do like, you know, like, I, I, I record like a video of me saying like a rough draft or, you know, like anything I get in my mind, like I'll write it down. as like a reminder. I might like, there's been times I've been in the car and I'm like, man, that's, that, that's, like I hear something in my head or something. That's fire. I don't write it down. And then like five minutes, I can never think about it again the same way. I like lose that train of thought. But, but, how, but even as a young dude, how did you, how were you able to hone in and become um, like this great barber, dude. I mean, your 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 work speaks for itself. You know, at, it's it's such a, a young at a young age. I mean, how how were you able to hone in and, and master that? I mean, like when I look at barbering, it's a physical it's a physical craft. You know, there's a lot of things in the industry that you can't rush. 
But I feel like one thing you could rush if you wanted to was your skill. You can literally work on that 24-7 every single day, 365, and you become you can become good, you become great at it. But if you don't work on it, like you can't like you can't do it. So like I, I saw the barbers, like I felt that chip on my shoulder when I started because there's like barbers that have been cutting 20 plus years, 30 plus years, and they're telling me like it's gonna take you like 10 years to get a good ball fade. I'm like, 10 years. I'm like, what the like, what were you doing in 10 years? Like, you know, so I'm like, man, I, I'm gonna get that ball fade as fast as I want it. I'll work hard for it and I'll practice that ball fade all day, every day till I got it down. That's what I feel like you can rush. Things that you can't, you know, like things like clientele, like because it can come over time of reputation and just being consistent and having a business out there. And like, like those are things that take time, like being seen and being known for, for certain things. But like to, to learn a physical skill of what to do with a, a razor blade or a clipper, you can learn that as fast as you want. So I work every day. It was like my goal was like do one cut a day, do two cuts a day, do three cuts a day. And it kept building. So like I was cutting nonstop 10, 15 heads a day. And then like, you know, I never got caught as like in the robot stage of like focusing on the money because when you're focused on the money, you're not really thinking about how you're cutting. Like my, my, my goal was the dollar in the end. So when you know, you know, like money, money's always going to come, especially in the industry that we're in. Like if you're a barber, like you're going to make money. There's no question about that. I don't know any barber out there that doesn't make money that actually works. Like if you're actually working, you're going to make money. Everybody on this earth needs a haircut. Like literally, literally every single person that's living, breathing, needs grooming. Might not need an exact barber, but they're going to need something groomed. They're going to need a shave. They're going to need a bald head. They're going to need weave put in, whatever you want to call it. Like everybody needs some type of grooming. So for you to say you can't get clients is like really making a lot of excuses. So I always had clientele in the garage and I, and I worked, but I was always like conscious of like every stroke I was doing with my clipper. I was thinking about every fade and how it was coming out and I was getting money, but it wasn't like that was the thing I was focused on because that took away my thought of like how the fade was coming out. So I focused on the craft and, you know, I worked hard on it and I, and I still do, you know, I still love my craft. I'm still looking at different ways I can get better. Uh, now I, I don't really cut as much. I cut, more so privately and for content purposes for my online academy or YouTube or things like that, because I see the bigger picture of what I'm trying to create, but I still cut, you know, just very, very small amounts now. Mm. So how'd you come up with the idea to start cutting on the streets? It was finding the medium between me showing who I was as a person and not steering away totally from like what I do as, as a profession. Right. So I'm a barber. And I can't deny that I have a large barber following, right? But I, in my mind, I'm like, man, I just want to be able to speak and motivate millions. But I can't just drop the clippers all of a sudden overnight and, and that just happened. So I'm like, what can I do that makes me unique, that gives me the opportunity to show more of a person of who I am rather than like the cut I'm doing? So the transformation videos I did before were just haircuts. You didn't see nothing. You didn't hear nothing about my voice. It was just a, a song playing over and me cutting the head. So I'm like, man, that's not, it's not leaving no impact. It's not me being able to be motivational and show like an organic, like, like conversation with a person. So me giving a stranger a cut is really eye-catching. It's something that you don't see ever happen, probably like never happens to the people that I have cut before. And it shows more of like the conversation I have with that person rather than the cut. None of the videos are cut focused, but anybody that's a barber is going to love to see it because they know me as being a good barber. And I've already established myself as that. So like these guys saying like no to me and yes to me, like they don't know that they're like literally going to like the hottest artist in the world's personal barber. Like a couple of like the most top A-list barber, uh, one of the most top A-list like celebrities out there. So 
like to see somebody say no to something like that, everybody as a viewer is like, oh, damn, like he don't know he's about to get like a fire haircut. So <laughs> it's cool to watch. It's like, damn, this is crazy. Like, cause I know Vic gonna give him a good cut. So you're watching it, hoping to see like, yo, this dude Vic is like little baby's barber. He about to like finesse this dude on the street. But then you you watch it and you realize that, man, he's more interested in the conversation he has with this person. And the conversations are crazy. You never, you know, I don't know who I'm walking up to. And the things we talk about are just awesome. I think that's one of the best things about being a barber is like never knowing who you're going to talk to. So, you know, I'm having great conversation with random people I've never met before. And I'm giving them a haircut in somewhere that you would never get a haircut at. So it was trying to find that median. So the first time that you went out to try this, how many no's did you get before you got a yes? And what was the feeling like? I'm be honest with you. I haven't got a no yet. What? No, hold on, hold on, Vic. No one on the streets ever said, "Nah, I'm good." Nah, never. Wow. I'm. I'm I don't know what it is, but I'm. I'm very like. I know what I it wait. Is. I wait. I really wait to find like. I really wait to lock in and and when I see because you got. I, I, I'm weighing it. You know, I'm not walking up to a group of people because to me, a group of people probably has a group decision or something they got to do. They don't have the time for it. Yeah. Not walk with somebody with their girl because they're probably on a date with the girl. Don't got the time to sit for a haircut. I'm not going to walk up to somebody that got headphones in running with on, on a meeting. If I don't got the time, like, so I'm sitting, I'm being smart. I'm, I'm sitting back. I'm watching like who's walking dolo. Like who has a cut that they got probably three weeks ago looking like they need a cut. I'm not walking up to people that don't look like they get haircuts. I'm only trying to find people that either need a crazy transformation or they look like they frequently get a haircut, but, they're kind of walking by themselves and they might be more likely to, to get a hair. Like you see, I'm, I'm a little bit more strategic with it. I haven't gotten a no. So luckily I got all yeses, but I will, I probably will get a no soon. One of them I did, I walked into a group and like two of them said no, but like I did get somebody. So it don't count as like, Oh, this person said nah, but um, I, yeah, I'm just, I've only done like what? Three did those or four two that said no, they were like, oh man, you, you got time for more? Cause uh <laughs> Yeah, every time I start, like every time I start cutting out there, like it's it, after I start, there's like 15, 20 people that run up, like, yo, like, are you cutting out here? How much for a cut? I'm like, man, I'm just just here for a minute, man, just showing some love. Right. But, um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool because, you know, Vic has his videos, but then like, I follow a bunch of, uh, like photographers on TikTok that kind of do the same thing. It's almost like this ambush. Like, uh, have you seen these guys, Vic? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys that inspire me. That guy, Alex, that, that does the, the, uh, free, he does free videos of free photography. Is like, he the one that's in? Is he the one that's in like Times Square? Because there's a guy that's in Times Square, and then there's a guy in LA that does it. He just runs up on people and starts taking their picture, and he does these like super dope portraits and stuff. There's a couple. There's a couple, but that like that was what inspired me. I'm like, man, that, that was awesome. Like that dude that does the free photos. I'm like, what if I did this as a free like as a free haircut? And I shoot. I mean, really, just getting inspired from that content and figuring out like, all right, well, I want to be more. I want people to be. I want people to like know what like who it was that got got to that point like you know i want people to be more interested in like my story and what it took to get to that point as a barber versus like me just being there as a barber so like, that gave me the opportunity to show more of my personality uh with that interaction than just like giving them a cut hey vic what 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 happens when you start to doubt yourself what happens when that that, that like imposter syndrome kind of like seeps into your brain what's the conversation with yourself you know i i, I learned really quickly that it's bigger than my own pockets you know, and when I think if you're just doing things for yourself, you might get burned out pretty easy. But, you know, I look at my mom, I look at my immediate family, you know, I look at my little brother, I look at my sister, my mom, my, my family. And like those things motivate me enough. 
you know, and outside of that, I look at like the people that are looking up to me now, you know, I've, the messages I've gotten from my content lately and my of kids that look up to me, like, I know I'm here literally for something bigger than what I could just do for myself. And that reminds me that I'm living in my purpose and that makes me keep going. And it, and it might sound like that's just some broad it's like all oh, my fans keep me going, but like, I'm so like, I pray for this time. I pray for like, you know, to have this opportunity and to be in the position I am. And you got to be careful what you ask for. You know, God will fill, fill your plate up and you got to keep up with that appetite. So I, like I asked for this, I asked for everything coming and I know like the more he's going to give me, it's going to be for a reason. And I'm not going to shy away from the the opportunity he's given me. So, you know, I, I'm always reminded of that. Uh, I'm so, I can't believe it. You know, you're so young, but I keep harping on that. But just like I said, he has an old soul, man. Old soul, so, man. so, so. I, I think that's on your years. It's, it's it's so important though because you know, like I, me, me look at my, I'm, I'm I just turned 22 in April, and you know, for my age group, there's not really a lot of positive people that are trying to influence our generation. You know, we got the social media generation. We got people that are overnight stars. You know, we got you know rappers talking about pills, weed, drinking lean, like. It's not a lot of like positivity out there from people our age. It's older guys, you know, with, with age on us that are telling us like how to live and all that. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that. So I know that like, yo, if God gave me like all this wisdom at a young age, if he's making me like this, like vessel to the kids, like it's for a reason. Right. I, I'm not I'm not shy to like what he's doing for me. So I understand the responsibility I got to have his knowledge and it's to put it out there is to, to, to be a voice to this generation is to you know, trying to help them get better. You know, like I, I want them to hear it from me because I, I, I know what they're going through. I love it, dude. I mean, like, you know, so many times, so many times, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for positive uh, influencers and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're 22. It doesn't matter. You know, if you have a message and it's a message of positivity, because there's so much, there's so much negative messaging out there that, that, that you need someone to break through. You know, you need someone to break through w- w- with the positive, you know? I, it's, it's tough. It's tough with, with my age because, like, it's a lot of older guys that really, like, have that distaste for, for myself. You know, a lot of the support I get from people my age because you know, they vent to what I'm speaking about and they love it. But there's older guys that don't know me, never sat down, had a conversation with me. But they see a young guy talking about something that they should be talking about and they got a problem with it. You know, but now I think that's selfish because... If I'm speaking about the same things you want to speak about, but more people want to hear it from me, then you shouldn't be mad at that as long as that message is getting across. Right? right. Why are you mad that like I'm trying to influence and, and help this generation and, 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 and push positivity on these people? And like you you want to be the person to say it. Like you should have done it. You know, like you should be glad that people want to listen to the message in the first place. Like, so I'm I've had you know conversations and messages, and like I've seen a lot of hate from people that are just mad at me speaking about it at a young age. Hey, preach it, brothers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the messaging shouldn't have an age, you know, like messaging. If it's a good message, it's a good message. You know, what I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, we've had the same messages. I, I kidded about I, I kidded about like Seneca in the first century. But like, you know, positive messaging has always been here. It's not that much different than any other messaging, but it's like we got to keep hearing it. We got to keep hearing it. We got to keep hearing it because as humans, we we default to the negative. You know, we, we need people like Vic to break through to, to just remind us, like, to stay to stay settled in our feet, you know, or, or in our shoes, I should say, you know. And I think the more trust that I, that I can show, like, you know, people that are a little bit older than me, I think the more opportunity I get as well. 
And I, and I think that's one thing is that it's hard to see that it's genuine from a guy like me because, uh, you know, again, my age, the way I look, a lot of people think it's, it's just I'm doing this like like it's fake. Like it's something I'm just doing to, to get views. I'm just doing this to get big one day and just get money and live selfishly. Like, but I feel like the more that I can show like the older generation too, that they can trust me and, and they can pour into me more and that I'm always going to use it for the right reasons. I'm going to give back to my community. I'm going to change people's lives. I think I'll start getting way more opportunity and getting way more information, but you know, it's, it, that's a grown relationship too. You know, I got to prove that, you know, with my action, I got to stand on what I say. So I mean, the more that I do, the more people see, and they might be more, you know, open to helping me out, you know, as I'm showing more. So, you know, because you guys got, I'm sure like, I look at it like people with, with, with experience got the keys. I'm like, man, you guys got literally the cheat code. You know, I got a couple of mentors that are really close to me and I, you know, they're very successful and done a lot of life. Like my, one of my closest mentors, you do like, you know, this guy's a genius and I know it, he knows it, but he will not give it to me. Like if I ask for it, he will not just tell me or, or just give me the key, like right there. Like he knows that I have to, I have to work for it. I got to learn why it's going to come to me. I got to learn what to do with it. Like he could change my life overnight. No, he can't, but he refuses to, to, to give it to me that quick. So like I, he's, he's watching the trust in me. He's, he, we're growing the relationship. I'm showing him like I can handle things that he has given to me early on things I'm learning and I'm doing as much as I can. And I know that relationship is going to keep going and it'll always get better. But I think that's going to be a, a big key to my success later on is just building that trust with the next generation. Mm. Mm. So earlier in the podcast, you, as you were, you were talking about, uh, you started, uh, an academy or a university or, yeah, I got an online academy that I teach other barbers that are cut like me and, you know, build their brands and create content. And, you know, it's all, it's all barbering. It's all, it's all about my craft. Uh, it was actually something that I launched two to over two years ago um, while I was still in Fayetteville before I came to Atlanta. And it was actually like when I first launched it, it wasn't, wasn't good. It was uh, pretty, pretty, it wasn't the best website. It wasn't the best user experience. It wasn't, it didn't make sense. Like I didn't really know what branding meant. I didn't know like, how to make a brand look good. I didn't understand the color schemes or like, you know, I didn't have a logo or any of that. So I launched this academy and as soon as I launched and I realized like we didn't really build the site that well. And it was kind of like my first business L. It was like the first like L I took. I ended up taking the academy down and I started working on it before the, the COVID came and I ended up being ready to launch before the pandemic started. And it was just perfect time. And I guess, you know, it, it looks like it was something I lost during COVID and make up for some money, but it was just something I already was working on that I took down, started reworking on it. And then, you know, God's time, it is really divine. It just so happened that it launched at the time that everybody came home and had time to sit down on it. So uh, the time was perfect. Uh, it's been a year. It's already came up on a year since the relaunch. And I mean, it's, it's awesome. And it's just really where I get to learn, uh, teach at and give everybody the opportunity to learn from me that can't get to me in person. Is it all barbering or is it go, does it go beyond barbering? It's barbering, but it's more, it's really in depth to like success in the industry and how I got to where I'm at. It's not only haircutting on there. Like some of the videos I got in there were like, you know, like how, how would you, how to be efficient at a barber show? You know, cause that was a big key to my success. Like how was I efficient in like speaking at a show and, and going to meet people I needed to, to meet and not getting caught as a consumer. Like we speak about, you know, I'll show you how I record my, my haircut transformations, how I edit them. Um, it's certain things about, you know, video editing and content creating in there that, that are super key to me. And uh, it's a lot of like tips on just succeeding in the industry. It's not so just like, Hey, it's a bunch of haircut tutorials. It's a lot of that, but man, it just shows so much more. 
Love that. Hey, what, um, uh, where, 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 uh, where can I take, where can I go to the Academy? Uh, Vicblends.com. Vicblends.com. That's dude. I'm going to go check it out here. V-I-C-B-L-E-N-D-S. NDS. That's so cool. Dude, you're a one impressive dude, man. You know, I appreciate it. I, 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 I do consume your content and I feel bad for consuming it. He's telling me not to consume, man. (laughs) You should watch. You should realize I wish everybody did because it, I mean, man, I think there's so many gifted people out there that have great stories to tell. And I just wish they knew how to tell them, you know, and I'm not the person that won't tell you the truth about how I got to where I'm at. You know, a lot of other people are scared that like, Hey, if I tell this person how to make this video and get these views, like, I'm not going to be around. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. Like people didn't, they held that information from me when I was trying to learn. When I cracked the code, I'm like, man, I'm about to get this out for free. So like all of my, all of my videos, you know, even haircutting, I gave, I give out so many like free haircut gems on my Instagram. Like I show people how to do certain things with a haircut, so their photos and enhancement or whatever the case is. And people get mad at me for it because I give it out for free. But you know, I, I think the game was told, not sold. Hey, are you, um, are, are you going to Brona this year? What is it? Is it Bronner? Bronner. What's the one in Atlanta? The hair, the, the bar. Bronner. Bronner. Are you going uh, this year? I'm not sure, honestly. I'm, I haven't really been to. He never makes up his mind to Bronner until the night before so he can sleep on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really been to a lot of shows and I've been really just caught up in, in what I'm doing with my brand. I got so many like things coming up in, in this second half of the year. It's probably like the most critical time for me right now. That I'm not saying like I, I want to steer away from the shows. I love any opportunity I could get to go and interact with people that look up to me. But you know, we're coming off the COVID. I want to be safe and make sure that if I can go in and bring this amount of people here, that I can make sure it's safe. I can make sure they get the best experience. And I learned that through like the last two years of going to shows that weren't really good at all. I was taking any opportunity for money. I was getting paid for shows and to pull up somewhere. But you know, I'm pulling up to somebody's show and it's it's not good. You know, and, and that affects the experience that the people that came there to see me had. So I'm very cautious of that. And I'm working on some things right now to make sure that I, I, I ensure the experience that like anybody's going to get, get to come see my brand. Mm. So how can our listeners find you? Keep, keep just follow you and stay in touch with you. Man, just everywhere on social media, at Vic blends, V I C B L E N D S. I ain't got no Z's, no underscores, just Vic blends on all platforms. And you should be able to find me. And and definitely follow him because uh, hopefully you're as in uh, kind of like in all of him as as we, we are. are. You know what's funny is that uh, uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago I was doing uh, Tony's daughter's hair in the salon and 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 she and she was talking about Vic. Yeah. She's talking about have you followed this guy? I go as a matter of fact, he's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So it it was pretty dope to kind of like because she's not even in the industry. So you know you you you've reached people outside of the industry, which is pretty pretty cool, man. Vic. That's amazing, man. That's the whole goal, man. I want to show people you know. It's- bigger than just what we do with our, with our hands, you know? So I appreciate the opportunity guys. It really didn't mean a lot. You know, this conversation was awesome. It's well, like the first thing I did today. So, you know, I started my day, right. I feel good, man. I appreciate you guys for that. Vic, dude, we're, 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 we're so impressed with you and, and I can't wait to meet you in the real. And, uh, I, I, I just, I, I can't wait to just keep an eye on you because I mean, you never know we might show up and, and, uh, and, uh, Jay Major's show, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll definitely give you a, a, a shout out. Yeah, yeah, man, please, man. Pull, pull up, we'll chop it up, and we'll do something dope. If we if we can get a recording, maybe we'll uh, maybe we can get a maybe we can get them on live at the at the barber event too. That would be dope. Yep. Um, I'll be there. I got you guys. 
Vic, that, that's awesome, dude. I, uh, I, I can't wait to kind of where you're starting is at such a high bar. I can't wait to see, I can't just wait to watch your, your journey, man. You know, I, I, I think it's incredible. Vic, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, thank, thank, thank Emma for, for, for arranging this for us. And, and, you know, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends, give us a rating and drop a review to listen to all the latest podcasts. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet and to stay connected on and off the show. You can follow us at hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love.